and welcome back to the Finding Your Feet podcast, a podcast show dedicated to helping you get closer to your true authentic self by helping you find your feet in life. This is episode 40, Can You Believe It? And today we have a new guest on the show. Yes, today we are joined by Ryan Stevens. He's a mindset coach and he's got a very interesting life story that he shares with us in this episode. He's also super passionate about cold water therapy, which is really why we wanted to get him on to speak about that because me and Abby have been so curious about it. And I'm sure you guys have probably heard a lot about it, about Wim Hof and all these people, you know, jumping in icy rivers, seas and having cold showers. Why are they doing it? What are the benefits? So we talk about that and we also talk about psychedelics in the sense of helping with mental health issues because a lot of new research coming out about that so we have a little chat about that too but we cover off a lot of different uh interesting topics and i hope you enjoy the interview yeah we literally did we went down so many different avenues but um yeah we did really want to talk about the cold water therapy as well so there's loads of tips for that so grab your notebooks because there's so many great things he says yeah lots of good advice um but before we begin the episode we just want to read out our apple podcast review of the week so this week's review is from at er haddon best podcast of 2020 one of my favorite podcasts to come out of 2020 so much positivity and really educational regarding manifesting etc love listening to grace and abby and can't wait to level up in 2021 thanks gals i love that best podcast of 2020 that's the energy we need what a compliment thank you very much for that lovely review and if you guys want to be featured in review of the week next week if you want us to read out your review at the beginning of the episode then go and leave us some feedback on apple Podcasts and let us know what you think and we might read out yours before we get into the chat with ryan we just got a quick word from our sponsor Yes, our sponsor is BetterHelp. That's help, H-E-L-P. And we are so proud to be partnering up with a company whose mission it is to help you start living a happier life from today. Yes, BetterHelp is a professional online counseling service and they'll set you up with a therapist in under 48 hours. And then if it turns out that you're not too keen on your therapist, you can actually change for free. Yes, it's a professional, secure online counseling service that's available for clients all over the world. And at any time, you can access your account and message your therapist and you'll always receive a quick response. So you can easily set weekly video or phone sessions with your therapist. It's so easy to use. You can literally get the professional support from a therapist from your own home, which is absolutely perfect, especially during the current COVID times. We're in lockdown still in the UK. It's been a difficult time. So if you need a bit of support from a professional therapist or counselor, then BetterHelp is an amazing place to go and get that. Yes. And it's also way more affordable than your traditional offline counseling. And there's over a million people using BetterHelp today. So if you want to go and check out any reviews, you can go to betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. Yes. And they are very kindly giving our listeners 10% off their first month of therapy. So like we said, it's way more affordable than your traditional offline counseling, but then you also get an extra 10% off your first month. If you use our link, um, if you just go to the link betterhelp.com forward slash finding your feet, that's betterhelp.com forward slash finding your feet. You will get automatically get 10% off your first month and we'll leave the link in the show notes of this episode so you can easily go and get started but literally you go on the website you fill out a quiz so that they can get a really clear picture about who you are what are your needs what are the areas of your life you need help with because they've got a huge range of therapists on there with so many different expertise there's somebody out there that can help you with 
your problem because we're all unique and um, it's important that you find the right person that can help you. So that is guaranteed on BetterHelp because they've got so many options um, to sign you up with. So it's an amazing place to get therapy and I've done therapy in the past and had I known BetterHelp existed, I probably would have used it because it is so much cheaper than the normal traditional offline counselling. But um, just because it's cheaper doesn't mean the quality is any less. It's amazing. As we say, it's got an amazing reviews. So if you want to take charge of your mental health and get a bit of professional support from the comfort of your own home, then join BetterHelp and get 10% off your first month of therapy um, with our link. But let's get into the episode. Okay, I'm just going to start by inviting Ryan onto the show. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right. Nice to, uh, it's nice to be on you. Thank you. Yeah, it's really nice to connect. I'm actually going to start by just explaining why we asked you to come on. So basically, I kept seeing on, uh, I think it was on Facebook, actually, that you were going for these C dips all the time. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I never see people doing stuff like this. And I, I basically said to Grace, I was like, I've seen this guy. He's going for these C dips. He le- seems like he's got a really good energy. I was like, there's something about him. I was like, we need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> and it actually turns out that you have a very interesting story that we love to talk about. So please, can you start by, yeah, just explaining a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. So, uh, I mean, where I am currently and what I'm doing currently, um, I'm a mindset and accountability coach. So I've been doing that for the last couple of months. Um, I'll go a little bit more into the, you know, in depth about that later if you want as well. But uh, essentially, you know, it's that has come from my innate help, innate, um, well, just I love helping people basically, you know, uh, and like that is my kind of main thing in life. My main goal is to positively impact as many people's lives as possible, which has kind of led me on the journey to where I am now. Uh, but fast forward, oh, sorry, fa- go um, back a few years. So, I mean, back when I was 19 I'd probably say that's the best part to you know about best place to start the story I mean when I was 19 I opened up a tattoo studio um which was like kind of a bit of an alien thing to do because I, I like tattoos but I wasn't actually a tattoo artist myself uh so I had um you know a couple of people working in the shop me and a friend were uh were running the business uh, so we had that for about two and a half years. That was kind of the main starting point of my story almost because, you know, before then I'd been to college and um, things like that, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do in life. Um, I, I, st- I started looking at business and started um, studying it and found an interest in it. But I think it was the creative elements, which I enjoyed more so than the actual running of a business. Um, but anyway, I had the title studio for a few years, which was going great. I learned a massive amount about, you know, business and um, you know, just life in general, because I met so many different people from all different walks of life. Um, but then things started to go bad uh, later on in well, probably about two, let's say, yeah, about two years in, um, where it was, you know, me and my business partner weren't getting on much anymore. There was, um, you know, just, just a lot of friction in the business in general. And I pretty much knew that it was all going to come to an end and they were going to open up a, you know, another studio elsewhere. And rather than kind of confronting it head on or or just actually looking at what options I had, uh, I got into a bit of a depressive state of mind. Um, and when I say the dis- depressive state of mind, I don't like to use the word depression, really, because I, I mean, w- when I, well, a couple of months, or, sorry, a couple of years later, I, I actually worked with people who had, you know, severe depression, and I definitely didn't have uh, you know, I, I wouldn't class it as uh, as major depression because I know a lot of people can't get out of bed in the morning with it and things like that. So I'd say a depressive state of mind just because I didn't really know what you know, I couldn't see the wood through the trees. I couldn't, uh, 
work out where I needed to go in life and what I needed to do. Uh, but anyway, I, as a, a bit of a a way out or a subconscious way out, um, I started to sell drugs. Now, I was doing that for only a short few months, um, but I didn't realize at the time that was pretty much my way of escape, I'd say. Um, you know, I, I wanted to almost cover my back in case there was any losses in the business. Um, but realistically, there was two elements at play. I think one was the fact that I just wanted this. In a way, I think I wanted to get caught almost just to take me away from the whole situation and to to kind of, I don't know, just get out of it all. And I think the other element of it was, I was very uh, ego driven at that point where I was kind of, I, I, was, I was afraid of being seen as a failure. And I think looking at, uh, you know, for example, with my, you know, my parents, you know, struggling for money and things when I was younger, um, I think seeing that almost made me go, right, I, I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to have to struggle for money in life. I don't want to have to be seen as, you know, not, not as a failure, but I don't want to, you know, struggle all the time. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to see that was what I seen success as basically the ability to not have to struggle as much financially anymore. And that was like probably the main driver in wanting to set up my first business. Uh, but like I said, that was a very ego driven um, thing <laughs> uh, in the sense that I was just always um I, I didn't want to be yeah i didn't want the business to fail just because i'd be seen as a failure and be end up in debt and so on and so forth but anyway um i got caught selling drugs and i ended up getting uh sentenced to 28 months in prison so that was uh i, I served nine um but it was a 28 month sentence but I, I, I that was kind of a big big turning point for me you know up until this point i was like i said very you know business driven um you know none of my friends were doing that kind of stuff and it was, I almost felt like I was on top of the world to an extent, you know, it was, I felt like I was pursuing my dreams and doing everything the way I wanted. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, I hit rock bottom. I was, you know, lower than I ever thought I would be. I never thought I'd, you know, go to prison. Um, you know, it was never in my nature. And I think a lot of people would say that as well. But yeah, we kind of, um, yeah, I, I, I was in there then for nine months. But like I said, it was a big learning curve and a big turning point in the sense that I got to meet so many different people from all different walks of life. Um, I went, met one of my best friends there, uh, which I'll go into later as well, because I this connecting the dots. I always like to talk about that, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a sec. Um, and basically, I met I met like a lot of different people, like murderers, for example. I, I sat and played chess with a murderer. Um, and coincidentally, he was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And I think that, that really started to change my perspective because I thought, well, here's somebody who was 20 when he committed a crime. Um, but he's actually, well, he was 41 at the time of meeting him. But he'd, you know, he'd spent 21 years in prison, so he'd spent longer in prison than he'd spent on the planet before he committed, you know, his crime. Uh, and when he told me, you know, what he did, it was horrific. You know, he'd literally took somebody tried shooting him. He t ended up catching the guy, took him and tied him to a tree and then shot him. And I'm like, I'm sitting there playing chess with this guy. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, oh mate, you've, you've checkmated me. Oh, you know, one like, um, but yeah, it was a very 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 obscure really weird time but like i said there was a lot of learning points and uh you know i've never actually been to university myself but people have asked me like would you have rather university or would you do that again and i'd say i'd do that again in a heartbeat you know not not to say i'd like to go back to prison but i wouldn't change the fact that it happened um just because of everything that's happened since and the kind of development you know in my mindset um and life since that point um 
but but yeah, I mean, after that, then I, I kind of, I came out and I thought, well, I'm not going to let this hold me back. Uh, I went and found a job within four days of coming out. I worked through a few different, um, worked in a few different jobs then for a few months. And I ended up working in the drug and alcohol sector for a while after it as well, for about a year. So I was helping people who went through substance misuse, mental health issues. And that, that's where I really got to see the other side of it. I thought, well, I thought I had, you know, really kind of like depressive thoughts, depressive uh, you know, feelings at one point. But then I got to meet people who were in such a worse place. And then I was able to use my experience to kind of help them in, in those in that capacity. And that was the first real real time I thought, you know what, I'm, I've kind of... I, I, I've not found my calling, but I thought I actually really enjoy the helping people aspect of this. But the organization I was working for, I didn't really resonate with, you know, and the kind of processes and the, the data side of it. I never really got on with that, that, that side of it. Um, you know, fast forward, though, I, I ended up setting up another business. So it was a men's clothing store in Carmarthen. I had that for about a year. I had a men's, sorry, men's and female. I can't say it. <laughs> like a unisex uh, fashion store, then an online fashion store. Um, after that, business uh, shut down just because the retail was was really difficult. Um, had a food delivery franchise for a little while, and the, none of these things, like they, none, none of them, really resonated with me. You know, I enjoyed the whole setting it up and the excitement of it, but then when I actually had the business like set up, I was like, Do you know what, this doesn't. I, I don't like this. I don't enjoy it. You know, when I I, I started to look into myself then and think well what's what, what's wrong with me why don't i enjoy these things and uh you know that that's taken a lot of time really and a lot of like introspection and reflection to figure out what i enjoy and what i don't enjoy and i think that, that what i always advocate for people now is to just try new things try you know explore interests because what the more you do the more you start to really orientate yourself and your life in the direction you want to take it in and that's kind of what brought me on to um, to what I'm doing now. So I set up Ideas and Beers with two friends, which is a community for people uh, who are you know have got kind of self development focused mindset uh, mindsets, if that makes sense. Um, so the you know interesting conversations, you know, the, not just talking about football and things like that. You know, it's uh, it, it was literally to bring men, women, everybody just to these little meetings that. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have met, you know, because they're all from different walks of life. And it, it's worked really, really well, in all honesty, because we did a couple of events and, um, you know, loads of meetups before the uh, the lockdown. And it's created a real good community of people. And some of my, you know, closest friends and a lot of the people that I, I rely on for uh, advice and guidance, they're all from the Ideas and Beers group. So I, I felt that was, that, that was a real turning point for me because I, I thought – all of a sudden I'm starting to surround myself with the people that I want to be more like and also the people who are on my wavelength. And uh, that was a real turning point. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, well, <laughs> I think if I didn't do that, and so like, I'll go back onto the connecting the dots uh, thing. I mean, if all of that didn't happen, you know, the prison thing, and, you know, I would have never been going to Carmarthen uh, to see one of the guys or one of my friends from uh, in there who like a class is one of my best mates now. And if if I, I hadn't been going there, I would have never thought, right, I want to set up the business in Carmarthen, uh, you know, the particular business I did. If that didn't happen, I would have never set up any of the things from there because the people I, I was involved with, I wouldn't have met. Uh, ideas and beers wouldn't have happened. And, you know, I wouldn't have met some of the you know greatest people I've ever met in my life and some of the people I rely on and, and really enjoy their company. 
So it was it was really easy easy to look back on it and reflect on it and see those those little milestones, those little stepping stones uh, to where I got now. Um, but yeah, I think that 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 was that was one of the key lessons I've ever learned is connecting the dots and just trusting the process. Almost just thinking, you know, even though I can't see where I'm I'm going right now, I got to trust that it is the right path for me just because it feels right or, um, or 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 I'm able to take a lesson from it, even if it's like a tough time. You know, you just look for the lessons and then think think how you can get through that and come out on the other side. Um, but yeah, that that's what basically brought me on to do the mindset coaching um, and and everything I'm doing now. No, I honestly think your story is amazing, and I think it's really interesting how you say about connecting the dots because it's so true that if if you hadn't have been through that experience and gone to prison and met those people, then you wouldn't be where you are now. And even though I think sometimes it may maybe when you went to prison, you thought, "Oh my god, like what the hell am I doing? What am I going to do?" But it's like when you think about that graph of life, like success and failure, like it's never a straight line. You have to go up and down and you have to go through life experiences. And as well, I really like how you come to speak to us about this, because I feel like in today's society, we are living in this kind of like cancel culture where it's like you do something wrong or something happens and it's like it's like game over. But I love how you've completely thought absolutely not like you've taken this bad experience and this low point and you thought, what can I do to like really improve myself? So I just wanted to ask, when you kind of like went into prison, do you think it was a process thinking right now I need to turn my life around or was it like straight away when you realised like like today is the day or yeah, like was it kind of like a process? Do you know what? It's an interesting question because um, it, it wasn't like, right, you know, that this is ground zero almost like, you know, um, it, at first like I kind of got there and you're in, you get in your own head quite a lot. You know, you're reflecting on what you've done. You're like, oh, I've let people down. People are going to think I'm a scumbag, you know, they're, um, you know, I've got to, I, I've achieved all this stuff and now I'm, I'm like right the way I've gone further back than where I ever thought I could, um, ever thought I'd be. It's kind of like you go over all these thoughts, but it, it's all negative stuff. You know, you're essentially what you do. I think when you get in those situations is you, you kick yourself down even further and this is what's concerning, really, about the prison population and people who, you know, enter a depressive state of mind, do things similar to what I've done, um, is, you know, even though they may want to change and be better, sometimes they can get caught up by the labels they, that they put on themselves. Uh, so, for example, scumbag, prisoner, criminal, et cetera, et cetera. And those are labels that other people might put on us, but they're also labels we put on ourselves when we think about what other people look, you know, are thinking of us. And I think that is probably the most dangerous thing because um, labeling, once you label yourself and or somebody labels you and then you adopt that label, you think actually, yeah, this, this rings true. You start to kind of live a life in that direction almost. You start living the life of, of the labeled person. So for example, uh, someone who is, if, if if you say, oh, I'm a criminal, that implies that you can carry on committing crimes. Whereas, you know, the, what I learned, and this was from one of my mentors, um, ne Neville, he taught me one of the courses um, that I was, that ended up me, uh, sorry, the working with substance misuse course I did, which ended up uh, getting me into the, the sect that I worked in for a year or so after prison. But I also went back into prison, actually delivering courses as well, which was quite interesting. Um, but he one of the key things that I learned from him was to take away those labels. So rather than you know saying I'm a criminal, you say I'm somebody who has committed a crime. In you know in the past, you talk about it in a different tense. Um, I think the other one he gave as an example was you know I'm not um, I'm not a prisoner. 
I'm just somebody who is currently serving a prison sentence. And I think it's a very slight way of shifting uh, your mindset. But when you start to look at the other end of it, you know, you, you start thinking, you know, I'm just somebody who's serving a prison sentence. But then while I'm out of prison, that's it. You know, I'll, I'm somebody who's got a criminal record, but not somebody who's still a criminal. Because, you know, it just implies that that's the life you live, I think, when you uh, when you adopt the those particular labels. And yeah, that was kind of the one thing I learned. But it, to answer your question, I think it was it was more of a process of uh, learning to forgive myself and forgive others, um, you know, to do with the business and things that were going on, because I, I kind of, you know, blaming a lot of other people at the time, um, you know, but I, I took ownership of it, I forgave who I needed to. And I think that was one of the key things that helped me move forward, I think it was, you know, just forgiving those who I needed to forgiving myself mostly, but then also just kind of um, understanding that what I did was out of character for me, but it was also something that was done under a particular stress almost. Uh, and then I think going forward, then I was able to recognize when I'd be doing things that weren't aligned with who I am. Uh, if we're you know, too high stress, for example, and I, I'd almost navigate away from it then, but it was, it was a process and I'd say it's almost, self-development is is a process in general i think you know if you're in those situations and you want to make a change you've just got to be willing to continually learn continually grow and just keep plugging away at it um you know and over time you do you you come out to that place and you start to feel completely different but yeah it is it it takes time wow so how old were you when you went to prison so obviously you started you first business when you were 19 that is so young to start a business and like open a shop yeah, um so that must have been hard like I mean hats off to you for doing that I think that's great I think it's good when people just dive in and do things regardless of their age but even just managing that um at such a young age must have been quite challenging but how old how old were you by the time you actually ended up going to prison and serving your sentence uh, 21. so I was 21 at the time yeah uh, I was 21 I came up when I would have been 20 was it 21 um yeah i believe it was 21 so it was 2015 march 2015 and uh i was out on the february the 2016th yeah so I, I spent my 22nd birthday in there wow yeah that is so young to be in there yeah it was you know looking back actually i've, I've always felt a lot older than i am um mm. looking back i probably didn't uh like i didn't feel like i was as young as what i was in there um like I said, yeah, it was it was a great learning experience, and you know, getting through that was a testament then to you know the start of everything I'm doing now in terms of resilience, um, you know, uh, mindset. And I think with, with going back to the C dips, which you mentioned, uh, I, that that's probably why it resonates with me quite a lot. So I, obviously, I do um, ultra marathons. I've done two. I've done a couple of marathons. I've done two ultra marathons: a thirty-five miler and a fifty miler. Um, you know, also the C dips. It's all for me about building mental resilience and also pushing myself beyond you know my own perceived limits or limits that I'd previously set for myself um and I think when you start to do that you really start to see that life is life is almost limitless to an extent you know we we put these self-imposed limits on ourselves uh, or other people put them on for us and then we adopt them and I think when you start to like really challenge your own limiting beliefs and push yourself past those boundaries you know either physical or mental boundaries uh, all of a, all of a sudden, then you start to think, well, what actually is possible? And I think that's a nice, it's quite a nice and really alien place to be at the same time. You know, I think when you start doing that, um, you you're just you're stepping out of the crowd to a certain extent. And I think that's 
like you might even lose friends over it you know if you're if you're challenging yourself daily and and kind of pushing yourself out of the, out of your comfort zone so a lot of your friends are probably not going to get that um and you might actually notice that there is some friction um so for example with the like the c-dips you know um or the, or the mindset coaching what i'm doing now i've actually had a couple of people kind of attack me almost on social media um for some of the stuff that i've you know put up and i'm kind of i'm looking at it i'm like it's it's quite difficult to comprehend almost, but I think that whenever you're whenever you're pushing yourself out of the, you know past those boundaries and doing something out of the norm, you are kind of opening yourself up to um, people who maybe don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, hundred percent. If you're putting yourself out there, then you're up there for positive feedback and potentially negative feedback but yeah I just you've got such an interesting story and it's so that like what we said at the start we saw you posting all these things about the sea dips the cold water therapy and and then obviously when we before then we'd invited you on and then we were looking at your Instagram some more and then uh, discovered that you've got that really interesting story as well we didn't actually know that but it's great that you can just like be really open honest talk about it because you've obviously completely removed the label of of that experience from yourself and I think that in itself will just inspire so many people because we do stuff like this all the like not as in um go to prison commit crimes but we always do things that we then uh you know wish we didn't do whatever but we hold it against ourselves for so long and you yeah you just limit yourself and hold yourself back and it's just great that you can you've just you yeah you did it like you said you forgave yourself you forgave everybody else that was involved and you fully moved on and turned your life around but I'm interested in how so when when was it when did you get to the point where you realized because obviously you tried so many different things tattoo parlor then the Mm. clothing business and stuff like that where when was it that sparked in you like oh actually I feel like my true calling is to help people and then you've uh, decided to fully go down that path of what you're doing now I think I always knew that. I um, I think it was always something that was ingrained in me because I always, you know, like I enjoyed helping people and I did it in different capacities. I'd always give people guidance and advice, um, you know, even from quite a young age, you know what I mean? I'd always, like people would almost rely on me uh, or come to me for advice and guidance about like a variety of different things. And I found that quite interesting, the fact that they would come to me. Um, and I, I actually noticed it was people that I didn't even, this was before I, 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 you know, before I was really active on social media with everything I'm doing. Um, you know, I did find that people would have still message me and approach me that I didn't even know that well. And they'd be like, this is really random, but, you know, but I just thought I'd ask you, you know, I, I felt like you'd be the right person to ask. And they just asked me like random questions or, or like ask for advice. And I was kind of like, you know, Wow. <laughs> it was a bit strange. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I don't understand how that's come about. But, you know, you, you I believe, obviously, what you, what you guys talk about, like energy and things like that. I think that I probably, I give off a lot of that energy. You know, that's, mm. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's what some people have said to me before. And uh, I think that's potentially why um, I knew early on that that was what I need to be doing in some capacity. But I almost, dodged around it for a long time like I started doing these other businesses you know purely for money um mm. you know and then I realized that I'm not motivated by money it's uh you know it's nice to have money it's nice to want more of it but it's not it's not the be all and end all my metrics for success were completely wrong you know so all of a sudden now in the like recent um you know months and years I've started to look at the impact I'm making the value I'm providing rather than the money I'm making because the you know the money you make is only subjective of the value you provide and the impact you make I think you know it's it kind of 
people aim for the money metric first rather than you know the, than the actual stuff that matters and it comes back to having a real like a why behind you in life i think once you know yeah. what your why is and what your values are you can start to align your life in that direction and then things will start to fall in place like it's you know i'd say it's the with what i'm doing now uh it's you know with a podcast for example that i've got myself you know like that is the, the, the my my intention with that and any of the content that i put out is as long as one person takes one positive message or thing from what we've uh, what we've said about or what what's been put out uh, in you know, what what is in the content you know, whether it's a post or a video or a podcast um as long as one person takes one positive message then my mission's done my mission's complete so that's um yeah you know that that's kind of what i'm at right now and uh one of the things i am doing actually is i've got a, a year wall planner uh where i'll just like basically i want to positively impact someone's life or help somebody every single day and as long as i do that i get to put a big x uh you know across it so um you know i'm on, on day 14 today oh, is it 14 uh, 15 day 15 today for the year um you know i haven't missed a day yet as well so it's the whole thing is about not breaking the chain um and that really helps me to to, to almost bring my main goal which is to positively impact people's lives to the focus of of every day you know because i got that wall chart and i'm like right have i done anything to help somebody today and then i'll go out of my way to do it oh my god oh, I, I love, love that, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh you said the same thing anyway no i really i love everything you're saying and i think the reason why i love it so much is because your mindset reminds me so much of mine and grace's mindset like we're saying very similar things um and because we always say how like fully believe that certain people are kind of put on this earth would you say to kind of like serve and heal in a way so i feel like you probably were always meant to do that and it's it's about like going through life's like the ups and downs of life and just following your intuition and knowing that you're going to end up where you're supposed to be because you can tell by the way that you speak that what you're doing is is bringing so much value like I'm sure it's bringing value to way more than one person and I just love how you say that about you want to inspire one person because we, we always say that as well like one person yeah. if it's one person it's enough <laughs> yeah mm. no that this, this is it like if you can impact the per, uh, one person's life you can impact you know ten thousand a hundred thousand million you know it um i think it's just a lot of people aim for the big number they're like i want to make you know i want to change a hundred million people's lives you know but you know how do you do that how do you actually you can you can build up a plan in your mind but sometimes the easiest way of doing it is just by just to start by helping one focus on that um you know and i think the the path will you know will unfold then to an extent um there's something i wanted to mention as well i think you met you said about it just now you know you said that we 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 often like uh, have regrets and things that we wish that we didn't do and things like that. Um, I, I I personally don't have any regrets in life. Um, even the bad stuff that I've you know that I've been through or done. I like I, the the way I've kind of adopted my mindset to work now is that if something goes wrong that I should probably like I shouldn't have done, and I'm like oh fuck you know what why have I done that? I catch myself and I think actually wait there there's a there's a lesson I can learn from this, and if I don't see the lesson straight away. I will. I'll try and figure out what lesson there is in the, is in there for me, and uh, by doing that, you know, like I said, I don't. I go to bed and I know I've got no regrets because even the bad stuff I've learned from, and I know that you know I can make up for that in different ways throughout my life as well. And you know, I, th I think too many people get caught up on the stuff that they've been through, 
and all the stuff, sorry, the stuff they've been through, but stuff they've done, you know, stuff, stuff that they've directly had a, um, a part to play in. When you hold on to that stuff, it really makes it difficult for you to move forward in life uh, because you're always, you know, kicking yourself down. You're, and, and I think that's where negative self-talk comes from as well. You know, like, oh, I'm useless or I'm this and that. Um, and the way we talk about ourselves is so, so important because we spend 24 hours a day in our own head. And I think if we're talking to ourselves very negatively based on stuff that we've done in the past, you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up for, uh, you know, not not a worse future necessarily, but not the future that we'd like like for ourselves. Mm, yeah, you've got a very resilient mindset. You've you've very much turned everything around and seen what's the lesson in it and and moved forward to your life massively in a in a positive way. Um, so, in terms of resilience, I want to talk to you about obviously the C dips, the cold water therapy. You, you obviously so passionate right you seem on your social media to go and do it every day i've seen you call yourself the welsh wim off <laughs> um we've wanted to speak about cold water therapy on our podcast for a while yeah. um i'm really curious about it and obviously there's loads of people talking about it at the minute it's becoming a really really you know hot topic but the main thing i'm hearing from the benefits of it is that it's it's hard it's a really hard thing to do that you don't want to do but you do make yourself do it because and it, it's building that resilient mindset it's doing the hard stuff so that the hard stuff doesn't seem as hard you can do more difficult things push yourself more out of your comfort zone and and the kind of impact it'll have in that way and i know there's obviously like there is mental health benefits and physical health benefits from it as well but so how did you get into your c dips you've got your c dip group i see you have in where you've got a group of people that come and do it with you where did that all start and you know what's your motivation behind that and what are the benefits that you've seen from that how's it impacted your life okay um do you know i, I love talking about this actually because there's so many different uh there's so many different like elements to it so when people have asked about the benefits i i kind of got a i've got a, i'm like right do you know what i'm like there's this there's this there's this you know i'll list a few things but i'll say like i'll send you a few like videos on it just because there's uh, like I find myself like you know repeating it a lot with you know to people all the time, but it, it's kind of there's so many different elements to it. So for example, the when I started it, um, I, you know I did it like you know a couple of years ago, every, you know, once every now and again and things like that. Um, you know, but mostly through the summer months. Like I never really went in the winter up until uh, Christmas 2019. Um, you know, and that was basically it was on Christmas Day. I went there, and I think we did a five k. Then went in the sea, and that was like you know an in and out job. You know, we weren't in there for long that time. But then this year, or sorry, this year, like twenty twenty, I started paddleboarding. That was the you know the initial thing. I started paddleboarding. I was loving. It. I was in the sea a lot more. You know, I went in with um, friends in wetsuits and stuff like that as well. Before we started doing the cold uh, the cold stuff, so we'd have a little swim. Um, but then it, it was weird because what we started doing then was like workouts on the beach, a few friends, uh, me and a few friends, then we'd have a sea dip afterwards. Right. And that, like I said, this was in the summer, but then we just started doing it more and more. And as it was getting colder, it was getting more addictive. Like it, the, the benefits of going in the sea in general, like you feel cleansed after it, you feel refreshed after it. Um, you know, and like anytime it's, it's relatively cold anyway, but it's just kind of, it, 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 I don't know, it rejuvenates you almost, like it sets you off for a really, really good day. Um, so like I said, in in the summertime, we started it. But then as the winter's kicked in, we've just maintained it and carried on. And then more and more people started doing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, like people were asking me about it. Oh, can I join, et cetera, et cetera. And then it just become this group, you know, and all of a sudden now, 
pardon me, there's, I think there's like 40, it's 40 to 50 people, probably about 50 of us uh, actively that go wow. from our group. But there's all, there's loads of different groups that have done it for so much longer. You know, there's a, there's a group of um, older guys and uh, their wives and they're down there every single morning. I think they're on day like 180 odd now. They're in Langland every single morning in the sea. And they've been doing it for, they, they, well, they've been doing it for nearly half the year now. And it's, it's just crazy because there's so many people which have done it for so long. But in, in terms of the benefits, like you said, uh, you've got the mental health benefits, um, you know, lifting your mood, boosting your energy and things like that. So I'd say it reduces fatigue uh, due to the fact that it boosts your circulation. So, you know, your blood's flowing free, uh, through, uh, freely through around your body. Uh, so that, that kind of boosts uh, fatigue. So it, in, in a sense, you don't really need coffee. Like I, I, I stopped drinking coffee a couple of weeks ago. Um, in terms of the the weight loss benefits as well, right? So, like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a, like, I'm not a PT. I'm not, you know, a dietitian or anything like that, right? But I've been monitoring the amount of calories I burn every single morning, and I think for a five to a ten minute C dip, I burn anywhere between five to six hundred calories, you know, for uh, within the C time I'm in the C, and for about an hour afterwards. So it's about five, six hundred calories because my heart rate is generally in a fat burning zone, which is also really good for boosting your cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'd, I, I, I can I haven't really, really measured it, but my running, my running's always been pretty good, uh, but I don't run that much. And it's like my running is still really, really good. And I'm able to kind of push my limits and get like personal bests and stuff without training massively amounts. So I do kind of attribute some of that to the, you know, the the fact that my heart rate's in that fat burning zone quite consistently when I'm in the sea. because I think it's, it, it trains your heart almost. Um, it, you've also got the recovery element of it. So the cold, obviously, it, um, you know, when, when it impacts your muscles if you've been training. Uh, I don't know much about the whole process of that, but, you know, like a lot of athletes will have ice baths before and or after training um, because of the impact that it has on your muscles. You know, so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of stuff you can read online about that. The stuff that Wim Hof talks about is obviously the production of white blood cells. Uh, you know, flushing your lymphatic system as well, so it clears your blood um, blood vessels. The boost in the immune system you get from the white blood cell production. Uh, you do feel a lot healthier, in all honesty. Like, and um, you know, thankfully, all of the group that have been going down doing the C dips, like nobody has uh, said anything, you know, any sort of like cold or. Uh, flu or you know the the dreaded covid um you know like since we've been going down there you know it's quite interesting to see that you know everybody there and even though it's like a large group of people everybody's very very like physically fit and most of them are much much more mentally fit as well so a lot of people are doing it for the mental health uh, that come and they found it unbelievable so you know i won't say the name but there is um there is one uh, lady who comes who lost her mother uh, during the summer of 2020? Uh, you know, it was a real, a real challenge for a real hard time, as you'd expect. And you know, she she, she started doing the C dips, and she said, like, you know, between training and the C dips, you know, that's what's kept her going. It really, you know, turned her life around and and got her through that kind of really difficult period. Um, and there's a lot of other people which have messaged me very similar stuff as well. You know that they've they were in a right, like really dark place before starting doing it, and it, it's completely changed their life. And I think that it's the C element and, and the cold therapy element is one aspect of it, but also the social element is a massive, massive factor as well. You know, meeting people who are um, 
they're in the same they're literally in the same boat as you. you know when you're in the sea everyone's fucking freezing <laughs> um you know everybody's there you're all shivering and it brings you into the fre- the present moment as well you're not thinking about anything else in that moment because it's it's such a you know i don't know a, a revitalizing but also very difficult experience to go through um and just lastly on that the mental fortitude aspect of it i mean when you <sighs> I, I always talk about this, right? I think when you wake up in the morning and it's raining and, you know, you're, you're due to go in the sea. So obviously the challenge I've set myself is to do every day of winter. So I'm on day like 83 or something like that now. Um, I am going to try and do the full year after this as well, but I'm just going to get the winter done first. Um, when when you wake up and the weather's difficult or you're tired, you know, whether it's like rainy or you're tired, for example, um you it does it, it's very difficult sometimes to get out of bed and think i've got to get out of bed to go into this weather in the cold and stuff uh to drive down to the beach uh then get in the water when it's freezing and get out when it's you know even colder like if you think about that though it makes it so much difficult such so much more difficult to motivate yourself and to do it um and what i always act, like say is a bit of a mantra is focus on the outcome not the obstacles because you know if you know that you're going to be feeling better for it or you even if you're trying it for the first time but you know you know what the benefits are you've heard about it and you know you you get to see the sunrise or the sunset for example you know and you're you know down the beach with some good people um i think if you focus on that outcome you know the the good stuff about it it makes it like worthwhile then when you actually get through the you know the who waking up getting out of bed going out in the cold you know all, all of that aspect it becomes worthwhile um but yeah it is some days it's a real challenge you know and i think the whole mental fortitude fortitude aspect of it of it is when you push yourself to do things that you don't want to do you know you, you still do them anyway regardless of not wanting to do them you are you're starting to build mental fortitude then you know you are getting comfortable with being uncomfortable that's a david goggins quote i'm not going to rob that mm-hmm. myself. but um yeah it, it, it is it's one of the best things i've ever done and in terms of my mindset i mean it, it, i would very much attribute it to me wanting or prompting me to quit my job at swansea university so that was my most recent uh, employment i was in before i started doing the coach gym. um <laughs> yeah i know i've had a lot of different um but that, yeah that that was like even though that job was on paper, the you know perfect job for me, helping students set up businesses and things like that, I just knew that it was not. It, it just wasn't like I, I I wasn't resonating with it at all. You know the the pay was great and things. It was the best paid job I've ever had, um, but I just knew that it wasn't right for me. And going in the sea, I think what it did was reduce my cortisol levels and my stress levels to a point where I thought, Do you know what. I don't want to be putting myself in a stressful situation unless I feel like it's going to be benefiting me. So I kind of switched off massively after a while into that job and ended up leaving. Wow. Very interesting. No, no, I think it's so interesting. Like me, Grace is so obsessed with this cold water therapy, but like, I really want to start it, but basically we don't live near the sea. So I think, Grace, I think we need to start the river. Yeah. Well, I think the river is going to be the option because so we like, I, I think you do as well, do Grace, don't we? We have cold showers, because mm-hmm. obviously you've heard that's good as well. But yeah, I really, really want to immerse myself into it and and actually go and get in a river or something like that. Yeah, it, fresh water's fresh water's weird because fresh water gets is colder in terms of the temperature. It's a lot colder than the sea, you know, during the winter time. Um, but 
it's it's slightly easier. Um, I I don't know. It's quite weird, you know. Like I did uh, five minutes, for example, in a um, like uh, by a water by a waterfall um, two two days ago. Now the temperature it, it might have been a bit higher because it was flowing water, but generally it was probably no more than about three degrees. Whereas the sea is like seven point five at the minute. Um, it, you know, down in Swansea, and. It, you know, but the sea when you're in there, you know, it feels harder almost. I, I, I was speaking to someone, and it might be to do with the fact that the water's moving constantly, so it makes your body's moving with it, and it makes it difficult for you to really sit there and concentrate and to, you know, experience the well, experience the cold, but without becoming too cold. I, I don't know too much about that aspect of it, but I know that uh, like you can do ice barrels, so you know, pouring a load. Water and then ice into a barrel. Uh, that's one way of doing it. Like the river dips, yeah, that's that's another really good way. Still water is probably your your best bet because I think the still water freezes over and it gets a lot colder. So if you really want to challenge yourself, that's good. But I wouldn't recommend getting into a frozen lake, you know, or a pond unless you've got people who are really like, you know, um, able bodied and uh, and know what they're doing around you. Because obviously, if you get yourself in a stick, sticky situation. Uh, you yeah. want people around you who know what they're doing, and it's like we've had a few incidents, or one, one or two incidents at the beach. I wasn't actually there on this given day, but there was one other group who you know some of our lot. Uh, they were in at the same time. Oh, sorry, actually, no, it was just the other group. It was it wasn't our lot, um, but the other group they went in, and uh, one of the fathers he acted like swimming and pulling them out because they went into a riptide. And it's kind of, you, you know, there are a lot of dangers associated with it. So I would say to people, anyone listening, thinking of trying it, you know, do some research beforehand, go with people who kind of know what what they're doing or are strong swimmers, um, you know, and things like that. And, go, and don't do it when there's no one else around. Like, I've, I've, I, I'm a nightmare for doing it, like, because I'm doing the challenge tonight. I've got to go whenever when no one else has gone. When, sorry, when everyone else has already gone. So I'm going to be going there on my own in the pitch black. Like I definitely don't recommend that. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that's just me being me trying to get you know trying to fit it in at some point today. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would I would I would say just be around people who you, you trust and you know trust to get you out if you're in a sticky situation. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like as well how you said about, um, well, actually, I think I saw it on your Instagram where you put like a quote and it said like, um, when people say, you must be crazy, it's freezing. But I think it really resonates because it makes you think to achieve something, you have to do something that other people aren't willing to do. So like most people would not be willing to wake up in the morning and go in the sea when it's freezing, but you are. And that's how you're going to develop like a really incredible mindset. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know what, the guys who are doing it as well, they're, uh, they're all adopting you know, that same sort of mindset, which is amazing to see, you know, they're all, um, they, they all realize like the, the, you know, that they are pushing themselves to do something which is very disc- like uncomfortable, but they love it at the same time. It's a very weird relationship, you know, that you've got between, uh, you know, stuff like that. Like I, like with running, you know, and doing the long distance runs, um, I, I, I love it, even though I put myself through a lot of pain doing it. For example, the 50 miler, you know, that was, it took me just shy of 15 hours because my knee packed in at 28 miles um, and I just carried on going. You know, I had my friend uh, ring me at 32 miles and I was like, I was pretty much, I was nearly crying on the phone because my knee was just killing me. And he said, he was like, look, he's like, I know you want this, but he said, do think about the long-term damage you might be doing or whatever. He said, you know, you've done, you've, he said, you've already done 32 miles. He's like, you're not going to prove anything else. You know, he said, just, just, come back and do it another day 
And I was like, yeah, I said, I'll think about it. And he was like, do you want me to come pick you up? I said, no. He's like, you're not going to listen to you. I went, no. Um, you know, and I, I pushed on then and I, I managed to get the 50 miles done. But um, my one of my friends came to pick me up then from where I finished. And I, he had to help me into his his van because I couldn't twist my, my I couldn't bend my knee. Like it was that. I was. I must have been running on pure adrenaline for so long, but I still loved it. You know, I loved the fact that I was able to to push myself to do to achieve it. And then once I did it, I was like, do you know what? I, I, I straight afterwards, I was like, I'm not. I'm not doing that sort of run again ever again. I'm not running any further. Uh, but then the next day, I woke up and I went, do you know what? I'm going to run a hundred miles now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my challenge for this year. I was going to do it at the end of last year, but. Um, it makes it very difficult in the winter, to be honest, because you haven't got the daylight. Um, so I am. I'm going to wait till summer. This spring or summer starts kicking in, and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to go for it. Then because it takes like 24 plus hours. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! So for somebody that wants to start the, the cold water, do you, would you recommend just you know starting with your shower before jumping into the sea or shower? Uh, showers are quite difficult to be honest they, they are i'd say start with the shower because if you can do the shower you can do the sea you know the, the showers i think that the fact that you're doing it consciously and you know you can just like turn the cog and put it onto warm makes it more difficult somewhat um you know but it's it, yeah it's definitely a good introduction you know start with a hot the, the hot shower um you know put the shampoo in, put shampoo in the shower gel etc then flick it onto cold for a couple of seconds at the end um because what that does it brings the blood to the surface and then the cold water then helps with circulating the blood around the body so you feel amazing after it so i'd say that you know try that um but then with if anyone's lucky enough to live next to the sea and they want to give a sea dip a try um i would tell them to look either speak to like the rnli or somebody somebody um, who knows about the beach and if there's any reptiles, if there's any kind of dangers in the water. Um, you know, most beaches you'll be okay, but I'd say any when it's choppy or things like that, obviously you'll take caution. Um, rivers as well, the same thing. Lakes, you know, just take care wherever you go. I'd say always try and do it with somebody present as well. Um, you know, just so like, you know, you've got that person to to rely on almost if anything does go wrong. Um, you know, not not to off put, put anyone off, but I do want to like emphasize the uh, yeah. the element of it. Uh, but yeah, like just giving it a go. If uh, one of the things which a lot of people find helpful is to get wetsuit gloves or boots, um, because the your hands and feet and your head, uh, your extremities, that's where you lose the heat the quickest. Um, you know, in particular your hands and your feet. So I'd say walk into the water, uh, keep your head above the water up until you're ready to go out. And then if you want to put your head under, then go for it. Um, but if you do it straight away, you won't last that long and it'll take you longer to warm up. But yeah, the you know, if somebody wants to try it, you could try it with the wetsuit gloves and boots just because it takes that edge off. It doesn't make you really cold really fast, uh, you know, and it, it keeps the blood in your hands and your feet then so you haven't got to worry about that so much. Um you know, but also look at Wim Hof. Um, so you can look on uh, YouTube, for example, the Wim Hof method. You know, he's got a breathing technique, which you can do, you know, a couple of rounds of. It's usually about three rounds that you do, and then you go into the water. And I think when you do that, you, um, you're you priming your body for it. So it, Wim Hof's got a lot of content on all this kind of stuff. I de- definitely recommend people to look at his stuff and what, he's ta- what he talks about, uh, just because I think that'll give them a real a real insight into what they need to do and and how to how to do it properly and not not re- you know, reduce the risks almost yeah mm. bloody love wim hof he's great isn't he 
Um, yeah, he's like a he's like a grandfather figure, you know, but like a really crazy grandfather. That's that's kind of how I look at him almost. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. But um, so you've obviously got an incredible mindset from what you've said so far. Are there any other things you do aside? Well, I'm sure there are. But what are the other other things you do aside from uh, the water dips that really help develop your mindset? Um, well, med- meditation. So. I I do a little bit of meditation and I've I've kind of I've set myself a uh, set as a as a daily habit now to do at least say five to ten minutes every single day of meditation, um, just because I do find it very beneficial, very calm, and I think you you know by creating space between your thoughts, you do give yourself those a bit, a bit more opportunity to think about what you want to say, uh, and and you don't react out of emotion as much. You're able to think more logically. I think a lot of the time. So I do meditate, um, you know, now and again, I wouldn't say it's been a massive contributor in, in you know, the mindset I built uh, today. Um, watching, I would say watching uh, or listening to podcasts, you know, that's been a massive uh, a thing for me, you know, but also just t- taking an le- interest in learning, um, you know, because we, uh, this is going off on a slight tangent, but it is kind of relevant. Um, you know, we're in school, we're, you know, we've got to go there to learn particular subjects. And a lot of the time we don't really like those subjects. And I think we almost, sometimes a lot of people will have a bit of a, a stigma against educational learning because of school and think like, oh, well, I don't want to do that or, you know, whatever. You know, oh, I hate learning. That's like the common thing a lot of people say, mostly like younger people just finishing school. Um, but I, I absolutely love learning. I think everybody loves learning. It's just you've got to figure out what you enjoy learning, and I think that, like that, for me, that's probably uh, been a really good way of developing my mindset. Is just figuring out what kind of stuff I like. So I didn't like reading books, but I like reading self development books, stuff that I can take real life things from, and I feel like I'm getting a piece of somebody else's mindset that's helping me move forward in my life. So I think that kind of that that kind of thing uh, has been really good. Um, this is, <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably wouldn't have known about this one because I've, I've talked about it on podcasts, but not really in open like forum. Like I've done a video on my Instagram about it, but um, was DMT. Uh, are you familiar with DMT? Oh, uh, yeah, not much at all, but we are curious. Okay, I was going to say it's a bit of a rabbit hole, this one is. Um, <laughs> so D- DMT is a dimethyltryptamine. It's a type form of psychedelic, so it is a, an illegal substance, but we produce it in our body uh, naturally. Um, it's in animals, it's in plants, it's in us. Now, I, from my, what I understand, scientists don't really know the purpose of DMT within the body, um, but there's a couple of theories and a few books and things uh, which basically say that dmt within the body is the spirit or it's the spirit molecule they call it so there's um a guy called rick strausman he's got a book called dmt the spirit molecule i think it is or just the spirit molecule but um you know there's there's a lot of content out there you've got people like graham hancock for example who's was a quite a famous i think you'd call him like a historian or like a scientist researcher you know he's a very famous type uh, famous guy he's been on joe rogan so joe rogan talks about it massively as well in loads of his podcasts mike tyson talks about it um you know there's there's a lot of quite famous reputable people who, who talk about it and it's not really known about you know you you know, you know about all of the party uh, drugs and things like that. But you don't really know about this particular one, which is actually it was one of the greatest learning experiences I've ever had when I experienced this. Because um, it's what a lot of people say is it's the death of the ego or you die and then you come back. It's quite a, a very daunting. I'll be honest. It's very, very daunting. But it, that, that's the basic, the, the most 
uh, the closest thing you could say. So I, I kind of, once you take it, like uh, you're in it for about 15, 15 minutes or so and you come out, but you take a lot of, um, a lot of benefits from it. So for example, um, t- two of the benefits I took that were uh, from it were that was that I was giving too much away to people. Um, you know, I was giving too much of myself away. And then the other benefit was the other thing that I, I could realization I came to was that, the reason that I, I wasn't fully content at the time in my life and fully happy was because I wasn't being grateful for what I had. I was always looking at what I didn't have and looking forward to the future. And what DMT forces you to do is kind of focus in on your subconscious thoughts or things that you've buried that are not serving you. So, for example, um, the, there's a lot of stuff you can read online about this, right? So you'll have ayahuasca, um, and that DMT is the active compound of ayahuasca. So you have shamans in like the Amazon rainforest, things like that. They will, um, th- they'll do ceremonies for people to enlighten humanity. So they've been doing this for like thousands of years, you know, and they've, um, they're like spiritual teachers, if you, if you like. Um, but they do it because, especially for Westerners, when they take, you know, Westerners go out there, they want to basically get, kick us out of our, sort of mindset that we've got which is you know killing the earth and things like that so there's a, there's a lot of stuff you can read about that but um if people who do ayahuasca retreats or dmt it's like if they're an alcoholic for example or um they, they've been taking drugs you know a- anything like that or if they've got a gambling addiction um ayahuasca or dmt it almost forces you to focus in on those things that are dragging you back in your life and allows you to change them or to think about them more you know like logically and concisely and then kind of work through it um it, it isn't to be taken lightly because you know people who have got for example trauma ptsd um you know or like uh, childhood trauma things that have gone on it can be it can it, it can bring it to the surface and make you feel a lot worse but i do think that it is an it's a, it's a healer almost it's a form of healing you've just got to be accepting of it and also you know, if you have got a lot of stuff that, you know, you've been through in the past, I think having somebody like a shaman, for example, there who can guide you through it and talk you through what you're experiencing and what it means, because, uh, you know, the, the, it's essentially there's a, there's lessons there for you to learn. There's a, there's a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know, uh, I could talk about with this, but it really opened up uh, my mindset to to, to, to to different stuff, really, and also the stuff that we're not really taught um you know for example our third eye in you know our what you call it like well we've got the two eyes which are connected to our brain directly but you've also got like the another um eye they call a third eye now that's got a retina that's why they call it the eye so it just hasn't got the actual eyeball but uh it's called i think it's the uh, pineal gland um now that regulates our sleep wake cycle but it's also known as like the aja chakra or the third eye in different contexts and different religions you had the ancient egyptians they got the pineal gland as their um as the eye of i think it's the eye of ra and the eye of horus so it's actually shaped in the same way as the pineal gland which is in our brains um but when you take um like dmt i think what you do is you access that higher level of consciousness that you know third eye almost and you're able to do this through meditation you're able to do it through breath work uh there's something called binaural tones or isochronic tones uh, so they respond at a certain frequency and program your brain at that frequency. That kind of stuff as well, you can access it through. I've, I've actually done that as well. Um, so I, I listened to binaural tones at one point for about five minutes, and I kind of went into the same sort of psychedelic state as I did with DMT. So, it's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff I could talk about with that, but there's um, it, it's 
a bit of a it's, a it's a right rabbit hole i'll be honest it probably sounds quite weird but it is uh it's very very interesting stuff and there's a lot of stuff you can find online online about it as well from reputable sources i think it's fascinating like literally i i've researched quite a lot on eyewash actually because i don't even know how but so i studied fashion at uni but i somehow managed to do a project all on psychedelics because <laughs> i was just interested in it so i was like i'm gonna do it on psychedelics i actually don't know how i put them two together but yeah i feel like it's something you could just talk about for hours i literally think it is so interesting and there's actually this isn't really to do with ayahuasca but i think i've heard that it's like a sim- similar thing that happens you know when um the near-death experiences so there's a documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've watched it, but like me and Grace watched it yesterday. Um, what's it called Surviving Death, Grace? Yeah, yeah. And it talks about near death experiences and like um, so people that have experienced them and they've gone into that level of consciousness. And then that's like the similar thing that you experience through psychedelics, isn't it? Like this state of consciousness where like the ego goes away and you realize that actually nothing mattered. Like you, as long as like you've loved that's all that there is and I literally watched this documentary yesterday and then I was sat there and I was messaging Grace and I was like oh my god like I I just feel so different like it makes you realize that I feel like so many people are asleep like so many people don't know anything about this so that's why I think DMT and ayahuasca and stuff is really interesting and something that obviously needs to be researched and stuff before anyone goes into it and that but I just think it's fascinating that things like that can open up your mind and then you're never quite the same afterwards no absolutely not it's um i I think you probably call it neuroplasticity you know you're stretching the walls of your Mm. brain once you do that you can't go back and i'll be honest it was after doing it and then also doing it with the binaural tones afterward that was what really fried me because i thought when i did the dmt i thought well it's obviously you know you're having something external um which is altering your consciousness but then when I was able to do uh, like do it with myself through binaural tones, which is literally, you can get them on Spotify, you know, or YouTube, uh, you know, and then I went into the same state. I had the physical sensations, the kind of uh, flurry of energy through my body, you know, the color visualizations, you know, crystallization on the back of your neck, which is when your third eye is open and you kind of know that's what it is. Um, and it was, it, 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 well, it just, it blew my mind almost because I was like, I was nearly crying. You know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck is this? And, you know, it, it was, it, it almost made me anxious for a while afterwards as well, because I thought like, that this is, I don't know enough about this. Like that, again, that's where your ego comes into it. You know, your ego's like, you know, what is this? I don't like this because I'm not in the driver's seat almost. You know, it's it's diminishing our ego, which is what causes us to, I don't know, go and buy loads of clothes. It's what causes us to, you know, well, some people that go and rob other people you know it's essentially the root of all evil um you know but it is an essential part of us as well uh but yeah i think as you become more in tune with your kind of spiritual self you know your ego does become less and less relevant and i think when you take tmt you have a crash course almost in you know ego death which is like like i said what the experience i had it was almost like I got sucked into my own brain and became my thoughts. I had no awareness of a body and self. I wasn't thinking about what I was going to eat for lunch. You know, there was all I, well, the music that was playing, like nature sounds, it was almost like became the music. It's a very strange thing. It's very like, until you do it, I think you can't really fully describe the experience. But, um, you know, a lot of other people have totally different experiences. It's very individual um you know it's very individual experience but like i said it's, it's definitely something that we don't know enough about uh collectively as humanity 
but I think as we're becoming more and more, um, more and more socially aware and more aware in general about the, all of the different things, and we've got, the, like, for example, uh, platforms like this you now with your podcast, um, you know, and, and you know the stuff that you guys talk about, it's getting these messages out there. So I think the you know humanity as a collective consciousness is growing almost where people are starting to become more co- collectively conscious so it, it's yeah it's, it's definitely worth looking into um you know just because like i said it is a minefield but it's it's stuff that you know buddhists uh buddhist monks and um like sp- spiritual teachers there's stuff that they have done through meditation you know for a long time um but i think when you know with psychedelics it gives you this crash course almost in it and then you can start to move towards that that moves your your life and um yeah direct yourself in that way almost it, it, i don't know it, it it does it helps you definitely that was probably one of the greatest things i've done as well because since then you know i don't do anything you know i don't want to do for money like if somebody says oh you know i've got this business idea i'd like to work with you on i'm like do you know all that doesn't resonate with me you know i don't want to be doing that for money so i'm not going to do it uh and and you know like it's not to say you turn away opportunities uh but i'm aware that I don't want to be spending my life chasing stuff that doesn't resonate with me or, or serve my overall purpose and my overall mission. Um, and I think DMT definitely helped me have that realization. Mm. So interesting. I'm here. I've heard like there's so many people quite openly discussing it on podcasts. And like you said, Joe Rogan talks about loads, but there's so many people speaking about it. And um, yeah, there's so many people go like over to, you know, Costa Rica, a place like that, and do the actual ayahuasca ceremonies and have these huge life changing experiences. And you know, a lot of people have been saying that we don't know that much about it now, but it is helping people, especially with like, you know, real mental health problems and stuff, literally, you know, ch- turn it around. So, um, you know, something so powerful that can heal so effectively, yeah, we don't know that much about it. I do think that as like you said the collective consciousness of the world is definitely um yeah becoming more conscious so i think that there'll be more research and stuff to come in the future about about this and maybe get adopted more into western medicine because it's got such a massive impact on every single person that does it there, there is something actually that's just been uh, i think I, somebody sent it to me a couple of weeks ago um so it, it was hang on uh, I think they've. I think they're looking at BMT for depression. Um, mm. So hang on, Imperial the Guard. Right. So the Guardian on the 9th of December uh, in 2020, and also the Independent. Uh, they both shared <clears throat> articles basically saying psychedelic drug DMT to be trialed in the UK to treat depression. So it is actually starting to get you know a lot more mainstream attention. Um, you know, mm. and what they're saying is that, and, and this is going back to what I said as well. I think. When it brings these um, these these issues or these things that you uh, you know from our past almost to the surface uh, from our subconscious, but then if you are if you're very if you've got very deep seated pain and a lot of like really negative stuff that's gone on, uh, it can be like detrimental you know to people's mindsets because it's bringing it back to the surface and causing them to relive it almost. Um, but what they're uh, they're talking about with in the Guardian and the Independent with those studies they'll be coupling it up with psychotherapy. And I think for people who are concerned because of, like I said, the, these um, 
the, the stuff that they've got uh, from the past, I would think twice about it. Just um, you know, just doing it if you've got stuff like that, which could really hold you know come back up to bite you almost. I think the, the psychotherapy aspect of it is important because it's causing you to make you know they help you make sense then um, of these thoughts and the uh, the stuff that's going on. Yeah, it's so interesting. Excited to see where it goes in the future. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, me too. I honestly feel like, like I said, it's something that you could just like research and talk about for hours. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, but we wanted to ask you as well. Um, so you can see that I feel like nothing is going to stand in your way with your future. So do you have like a vision for the future or like, yeah, something you're out to do in a way? Yeah, so my kind of main uh, vision or my, my main goal is to impact the positively impact the lives of a million people right so now i i actually think i've lowballed myself there but i've set it as that because you know once i meet reach that milestone i'm just going to up it uh you know essentially that's which way i do that doesn't matter as long as I, i as i achieve that as long as i do that um but i am also like i've got plans for like in the future for what i want to do in terms of building kind of sustainable communities and things like that so um you know essentially <laughs> uh, I, w- I won't go into that that's just like a future plan that i've got you know but like i said what i'm doing now i want that to be a precursor to get me to where i want to be to help um you know the, the amount of people that i want to positively impact their lives but then i want to actually help the world as a whole as well um you know that's kind of uh so there's a project that i started up um about a year and a half ago called tree generation uh so that was like planting trees i think we planted about 800 trees in total um you know like we i haven't actively put a lot of time into that and other than when we planted those trees and you know did the different sessions but um essentially i want to help the world and i want to help people you know those are my two kind of goals um you know and then in terms of how i do that it's like i said it's just yeah, uh, yeah, just just the individual goals I set on the way, really. As long as I'm as as long as I'm doing that every single day, I'm making the world a better place in the process. That's that's kind of my mission, you know. And that's uh, one of the things I do want to go uh, do is go to Australia, uh, but that's like more of a pers- personal thing, you know. I'd love to be doing what I'm doing right now, um, but from Australia. So that's kind of my goal for the next twelve months, provided COVID allows it. <laughs> Exciting. So you've got a very clear, big anchored why there in your life around what is driving you every day which is good to think that's what everyone needs to figure out is their why in life because then everything else after that just kind of falls into into place and yeah well the why the why thing yeah I mean I listened uh I read sorry Simon's next book start with why um and that really Mm. changed my uh that that was a that changed my perception uh, sorry perspective as well on you know the stuff I was chasing you know I realized that all of the businesses I'd set up in the past you know they were I wasn't passionate about it you know the jobs I was doing a lot of the time I wasn't passionate about them I didn't have a why uh, attached to them Uh, and since reading that I started to obviously look at what I was doing and like I said you know if, if something if I thought right I'm just purely doing this for money I'd be like right okay well why do I need this money what's this money going to be going to what's the why behind it you know and if you you know, it's it's fine to to do little things for business. Um, you know, you know, set up little businesses if it's purely for money or to go into a job uh, specifically for money. There's nothing obviously there's nothing wrong with that. We do need money, um, but I would try and always attach a why to doing a particular thing um, or why that like why do I need that money? You know, is it to literally 
like live or I, now, am I trying to get that extra money so I can put towards the business or so I can go on holiday? You know, I, I it's, it's just a, it's a good way of doing it, I think, because you, you almost, I don't think you get caught in a rut so much when you've got clarity of purpose of why you're doing things. Yeah, definitely. And then if you ever get, you know, run off course, you can navigate yourself back to the reason why you started and the driving force behind everything that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. We can see you're very inspiring. For someone, if they're listening to this right now and they're feeling a bit lost and they're thinking, I need to get my mindset in gear, what is one piece of advice you would give them? For somebody, no matter where you are, um, no, no matter where you are right now in life, you are able to come back from it and you are able to change you know, your life, but you just, you've got to initially decide on it. You've got to think, Do you know what? I, I am ready to change my life. I want to change my life. I want my future to be, you know, to, to be better, but also understand that every bit of change happens in the present moment. So if you, like, if you are lost in life, ground yourself in the present moment, try and, you know, there are ways of doing that. Like I said, going in the sea is one of them. Uh, meditation is one of them. Um, you know, there's like washing the dishes is one of them, you know, ground yourself in the present moment as much as you can, because what you're able to do when you're in that present moment is decide, is, is decide what you want to do. That's going to positively impact your life. Um, and or what it, or sorry, positively impact you in that moment and then just do more of it. But, um, yeah, what I would say is just do do more of the stuff that interests you, do more stuff of the stuff that you love. And I think you will start to find, you know, what, what your calling is in life, what you should be doing in life, just because you are exploring more of who you are and what makes you tick. And I think when we're being our authentic selves, that's when we are able to really find out who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, amazing. So true. It's like one step Great, at a time. Thanks yeah yeah and, and yeah and just trust the process understand it doesn't you know it, it, it may not happen overnight change happens in an instant but for the world to see it and for you to realize it you know sometimes that does take a while but it's just trusting that it will you know it will happen in time as long as you make those uh th- those conscious decisions to to do it great advice thank you um so to wrap up the episode we always share a quote of the week at the end of every single one of our podcast episodes and when we have a guest on we always want them to share their favorite quote uh with the listeners so uh what is your favorite quote that you want to share with us and why do you love it i was going to ask you about this can i give you a short poem instead yeah oh, yeah go yeah. for it whatever you want yeah I, I was thinking about this when you said you were going to ask me about a quote and the reason i i wanted to do this is because it was the one that resonated with me um i am just i've got it on my robe. i do know it off my heart but just so that i don't mess it up i got it uh, and the reason why i want to do this one is because when i was in school uh my english teacher who was um he i i attribute oh, sorry attribute i i um, I, I owe a lot to him in a sense, uh, just because I found him very like influential, and he was also a really, really tidy guy, you know. So you could resonate with him a lot uh, as well. But I was almost in school. I was messing around a lot, and I was trying to be like everyone else, you know, and just be like Jack the Lad. And all of a sudden, he just went absolutely nuts with me one day, like over the top, and you know, something very small. But he, he did it because he wanted my, and he told my parents, he, uh, you know. Like Ryan, he's getting a bit distracted at the minute, but he was very positive about me as well. And he said, look, the reason I've done that is because I can see you getting involved involved with the wrong crowd almost. You're wasting your own talent. Um, But he he used to recite this poem every single day in in the English class. 
And we used to, at the time, we were like, oh, here he goes again. But we forgot all about it, right? Me and one of my friends then, we came across this poem a couple of years later, about the same time, actually, because we spoke about it. We were like, oh, my God, do you remember that poem that, you know, Ginger Williams used to you know, recite? And all of a sudden, I realised that, that it, you know, the poem resonated massively with my life, and I try and live my life almost, you know, in the metaphorical sense of this poem. So uh, it's called The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Um, and it goes like this. So two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry, I could not travel both and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though, for the, though, I, though as for the passing there, I'd worn them really about the same. And both that equally, sorry, both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less travelled by, and that has made all the difference. The reason I love that is just, the last paragraph kind of says it all. I mean, whether you take it in the literal sense of being in the woods and taking, you know, having two different pathways, and taking the one less trodden on, um, or the actual sense, you know, oh, sorry, the, met the metaphorical sense of it. Um, you know, that's kind of always what I've wanted to do. I've always gone against the tide. I've always wanted to do something different. And I think when you do that, uh, you start to almost discover who you are as a person, you know, uh, or, or you, yeah, you unlock who you are as a person. So that kind of poem, it, it really resonates with me for that reason. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. It's great. Yeah, um so where can everyone find you that if they want to you know instagram you've said you've got a podcast obviously you do you've got your mindset coaching and stuff so where can everyone where can everyone find you uh so my my instagram handle is uh ryan stevens that's uh with a ph and then three underscores um or you can get in touch with me on my coaching page which is ryanstevens.co and if everybody anyone is interested in listening to the podcast it's called ideas and beers um and uh yeah we've we've done like a range of different podcasts i have like different guests on from all different walks of life uh so i've had some military guys on um you know i've had a like ex-professional football player on you know i've had uh, people who have been in uh well, somebody who's been to uh rehab for drugs um you know so it, there's, there's quite like a variety of different people i've had on but yeah you can find that on youtube or any like spotify any of the other channels um but if anyone's got any questions you know anyone wants to ask me anything um ryan Stevens like at three underscores on Instagram. That's the uh, the best one to get in, in touch with me on. Okay, perfect. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on, Ryan. It's been great to chat. You've got a really interesting story. We've covered off a lot of uh, very interesting uh, topics. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me on. Thank you so much for listening everyone we really really hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to go and check out ryan because he shares loads of inspiring things you can also watch him go for his mad sea dips every day yeah go follow him on, on instagram he is a vibe but thank you so much for listening everybody really hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did share it on your instagram or come and talk to us in the dms and let us know what you thought we love hearing what you guys think of the podcast and chatting to you on there um, so come and join our community on Instagram at Finding Your Feet Podcast. That is where we are every day of the week. So you don't need to wait until every Wednesday to hear from us. You can contact us and hear from us every day on Instagram. That's our main hub. 
but subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and leave a review for your chance to be featured in the review of the week next week and hit follow if you're listening on Spotify so you never miss an episode we release them every single Wednesday and sometimes if we're feeling nice we release a bonus episode on a Sunday also we have a mailing list so literally just go to the link in the show notes and every Monday morning we send you a positive email there's no marketing it's literally just like a positive wisdom filled email to start your week off right so if you want to join our mailing list link is in the description and go and check out our website as well because we've got our positive affirmation shop on there we also host online workshops we haven't got any available at the minute but we are going to announce a new one very soon so make sure you're following us on instagram so you always know what is going on with finding your feet yeah come and chat to us and definitely if you've got this far go and leave us a little review and let us know what you thought of this episode yes and if you would like to watch this episode on youtube you can it's on our podcast channel which is called finding your feet the podcast on youtube which is also linked in the show notes if you want to check that out but thank you so much for listening everyone and we'll see you next wednesday bye